Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monica Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's Beyond Barriers session. We are going to talk about microaggressions. So I was reading a really interesting trending article about microaggressions and people questioning how do you address them or just being tired of being uh, the person on, on the receiving end of these microaggressions. So I thought it would be important to talk about it today um, and really give it the validation that they need to be that they need to be given because microaggressions are a big deal and you really need to learn how to talk about them and also think about how do you respond to them and, and in some cases, how do you just even walk away? So the reason it's so important is because every time that we allow something that bothers us and makes us feel less than um, and you let it slip through the cracks, it you know because it's uncomfortable to address it or it's awkward in that moment, we give a little piece of our power with that unaddressed transgression. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts, right? And one of the most significant challenges in the workplace in everyday life, um, for that matter, is that women and we, women of color and other minorities, have to cope, learn to cope with them strategically and then manage those microaggressions. So let me back up a little bit. If you're not familiar with the term microaggression, it's also known as microsaults, microinequities. They're basically seemingly unintentional, innocent transgressions, or in some cases could be intentional comments that are di directed towards a person. Um, and it's usually a marginalized group, such as women, that are inherently hostile um, or derogatory in some cases. And this definition is attributed to Dr. Daryl Wing Sue. He's a psychology professor at Columbia, and he studies and writes on the topic of microaggressions. Now, microaggressions are kind of what it sounds like. They're not full-on aggressions, kind of blatant in your face. They're micro. They are so micro that they are subtle, um, and that you know, and even the most well-meaning person can unknowingly cause cause harm. Um, just because of unconscious bias and you make an insensitive comment and don't even realize it. Now, dealing with these energy draining, disempowering comments can take a toll on you. Like I said, death by a thousand paper cuts. You see, when you experience microaggressions, your body actually internalizes them on a physical psych psychological, even in some cases, spiritual level. And researchers believe that Specific gender-based microaggressions can also contribute to imposter syndrome and self-doubt. So marginalized communities like women, minorities, um, LGBTQ, you name it, all of the dimensions of diversity, when you experience this, it can lead into the, those feelings of self-doubt self and really cause harm for yourself. And here's what I mean. So, so for some of you who might be saying, what are microaggressions? Um, you know, what do they look like? Um, it's here are a few examples. Um, have you ever been asked to join an important meeting? 
not because you'll bring tremendous value. Like when you say, say, sure, I'll join. How can I be helpful? What do you need me to present on? And then you hear them say, well, actually, no, it's because our client is big on diversity and they need, we need representation at the table. That can be a slight, like, okay, I have a lot more value to add than just be sitting to be sitting at a desk so that at the table so that it looks more diverse or you're in a meeting or a conference and someone starts mansplaining, especially it's after something that you've just presented or talked about, and then somebody kind of breaks it down for you, even though you already know what it is. Um, as a woman, you may experience that sometimes of like, you know, maybe you're also in a meeting and you're asked to take notes in a meeting um, or you're put in charge of, hey, can you make arrangements for snacks or beverages? Um, but you look around and none of your other male colleagues are ever tapped to do the same thing. Others examples are like walking down the hall of your company headquarters and looking on the wall and seeing all of these senior leaders who are getting recognition and accomplishments. And all you see are pictures of, you know, white cisgender males and not a single female or not, uh, or especially a person of color. So that in and of itself, maybe it's not a comment or something that was intended, but you have to be careful of things or actions that send subtle messages. Another one that I love is the idea thief. In a meeting, you know, someone that repeats what you just said, maybe two minutes ago or a minute ago, and they get all the credit for it, or all of a sudden people start nodding their heads or telling them, oh, that's a great idea when you just said it. Um, so think about that. Another one is simple, like people don't even realize this. Maybe you're in a crowded networking event and a guy walks by you and he gently places his hand on you know, your waist or the small of your back or on your shoulder to kind of excuse himself and move around. But then you see him two seconds later walk by a guy and he puts his hands in his air, in the air, kind of like, oh, I don't want to disrespect you. And it's kind of like, why couldn't you have done that for me? So these are the things that, you know, can be microaggressions. And then, of course, there are the derogatory comments or funny jokes that might be a joke for, you know, a, a joke to somebody, but they're actually demeaning to somebody else or even if they're not intended towards you and it's just a general comment. So just remember, I could go on and on. Many of you have probably experienced many of these microaggressions. And if you have, if you're nodding your head to any of these, then yes, you've experienced that microaggression. And I'd love in the chat if you all can share some examples of things that you've experienced yourself that, you know, are examples that others can, can learn from. So, as you can see, they can run across all dimensions of diversity, race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, disability, generational, kind of like, oh, you're so old and slow. You have to be careful because in the workplace, someone who is older or isn't as tech savvy might feel that, that microaggression and that even though you're in, your intent was totally innocent or to be funny, the impact on that person can be extremely negative. So we have to be very careful that, you know, each individual instant may not be harmful in and of itself, but they're subtle and they're insidious. And the accumulation of these microaggressions is what really impacts individuals, especially women and minorities. So what I really want to share with in this, um, in this episode is we're going to smash these barriers and learn how to address them and go beyond them. And because you have to 
first, always, and you know, start addressing them. They're teachable moments. If you let them slide, they're going to continue to happen. And you have to, you know, maybe pay it forward for the next individual who may be experiencing it um, or who may be almost about to experience it. Maybe you'll stop it by educating that individual who may have, you know, accidentally insulted you, but you gave them that teachable moment. You graced them with that opportunity to learn. So first and foremost, always, always remain calm. Now, I know it's easier said than done because I can get very kind of emotional. And, you know, when you do get emotional, it's not it's not resourceful because when you try to respond and if you get emotional, then you may be kind of just, you know, written off as that, oh, you're just being emotional and they are not going to listen to what you say. So in order to have a super productive conversation with someone or just, you know, make a comment is that remaining calm in that moment to just say, hey, what you just said really, you know, offended me. So first and foremost, staying calm. If you can't stay calm in that moment, if you feel yourself, if you feel your blood starting to boil, then don't address it at that moment. It is okay like I said, you don't want to let it slip through the cracks and let it just bridge un- like water under a bridge, but take a moment to get your self-composure. And then when you're ready to speak about it, then pull them aside and have that com- conversation. Now, second, the most important thing is approach them by giving them the benefit of the doubt. Remind yourself that you know the person probably doesn't actually mean any harm. Again, they had no malintent but the impact was negative. So here's the thing. We all have been accustomed to societal norms that may, might be, um, you know, just masculine centric in this world, um, in any organization, in any company where it may be very white male cisgender dominated. And just because they, you know, from a just environment perspective, those behaviors may have been accepted in the past and may have even been encouraged, you know, joking like this, you know, just kind of pander. But just understand that that might be the norm and you have to help disrupt that norm. And so, again, if someone is asking you like to take notes, it's probably because there's an unconscious bias there that they aren't even aware of that they're doing. So calling them out on it is that teachable moment. Now, if what you want to avoid is defensiveness um, because if we become if they become defensive or if we you know lash out and they become defensive then again it's not going to be resourceful and it isn't going to it's not going to be a productive conversation so come from a place of awareness and service to teach i always call these teachable moments it's it'll allow you to have or to start a conversation you know, where you're kind of sitting on the same side of the table, opposed to being opponents on the other on opposite sides of the table from one another. And remember that it's going to be totally subjective to that moment and where you are. So that may mean, again, taking a deep breath and saying, okay, let me, you know, let me address this. Don't let it slip because then you allow that to be taxing on yourself. And you might say, oh, I don't want to deal with it. But later on, if you find yourself thinking about it, that's that's really taking up your energy and it's and it's stealing energy from you or moments that you could be expending that energy on something else more productive. So you don't ever want to be in that moment of like, oh, I should have said something. 
say something. And if you do find yourself in that situation where 30 minutes later, an hour later, you're like, I should have said something, then take that moment to actually pull that person aside and say something or shoot them an email and saying, hey, I just want to bring to your attention X, Y, Z. So how do you do that, right? So when you do pull that person aside or you are going to you know, shoot the email afterwards, when you do it, the first thing is, is you're going to call it out, right? But you're going to do it respectfully. And remember, when you do that, you know, it's the, the language might be, I don't know if you realize this, but when you said X, it was hurtful or it made me, you know, it, it, it made me doubt myself or whatever it is that you were doing. Be specific on the, you know, be specific on what that action was. Don't make gross generalizations of like you were sexist or you are a racist or, or anything of the sort. Don't make those assumptions or gross generalizations. Be specific in saying when you said X or when you did X or, you know, whatever that was, be extremely specific. And that way you are really kind of talking about what is it that actually had that negative impact on you. And then explain how their statement or their comment or their action made you feel. So I felt offended when, or I felt marginalized when, or I felt like you stereotyped me or put me in a box when you may ask me to take notes and I was the only female in the room. Remember, use that as a teachable moment. So when you're specific and you explain on how it made you feel, those are facts. They can't change those things. So hopefully the person starts, you know, will take this to heart and they'll adjust their behavior so that it doesn't happen again. And you're paying it forward to the next person so that they maybe are a little more cognizant whenever that that is happening. Now, again, when you do this, remember, remain cool and calm, stick to the facts. And in some cases, maybe a little bit of lightheartedness, right? It can go a long way. But the one thing you don't want to do is cross that line and be too lighthearted about it because then you'll defeat the purpose. You could say something like, I know I have awesome note-taking skills, but I took notes last time and I'd really like to engage more in this meeting and share my perspectives. And when I'm busy taking notes, I, I can't engage as much. So can someone else take notes? That is exactly what you can do. That's how you can defer it and teach them like, hey, I'm always being called on and can somebody else? But that kind of, of language, you know, you're not necessarily addressing the microaggression and saying, hey, why are you picking on me? Because I'm the only woman. But you are putting it in a different way of like, hey, I took notes last time. And this time I really, truly want to engage. So can somebody else do it and leave it at that? So the great thing is, is when you take control and you own your authority, when you're faced with a microaggression, that person's going to learn. And hopefully they're not going to make that mistake again. So the, that teachable moment will actually help them grow. And best of all, when you create awareness by standing up and addressing it, they'll begin, they'll start to recognize other microaggressions in the future. And maybe even in some cases, speak up on your defense or be an advocate of others. So really these teachable moments can help people become the ally that we need to help break through these microaggressive behaviors. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future ready leader. Well, 
That's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. So I want to pause, though, and think and talk about the other side of the spectrum. So you may be the person on the receiving end of microaggressions, but I guarantee you we are not immune from committing these microaggressions, microassaults, microinequities ourselves. We, we also are not immune to that. It's important to consider that because we commit them every day, sometimes when we're joking with family or with friends or close relatives. But what we do need to do is learn how to manage those situations respectfully like a leader. When you catch yourself, call yourself out. And so I want to go through a few things of what do you do when someone calls you out or you catch yourself in that situation? And really what it comes down to is learning how to apologize. What, you know, what exactly you're supposed to do and how you apologize is the most important thing. And really just at the end of the day, committing to change, committing that like, okay, if I don't want someone, you know, if I want to call someone out for making microaggressions, I need to call myself out or, or tell others to hold me accountable as well and commit to that change. Now, when you say or you do something that kind of upholds this, uh, you know, the oppression of marginalized group or people, you definitely want to get called out. So sometimes, you know, for example, if you make a sexist joke or make a comment that can be considered homophobic or transphobic or even ableism, you know, you want to, you, we do it all the time by accident. So let's talk about what happens when you do get called out. And Typically what happens is we get defensive, we get embarrassed. So we may get defensive, we may lash out and, you know, people will say things like, you're so sensitive, or I was just joking, or my best friend is black, or my sister's a lesbian. Or of course, if it's a female, you're so emotional, you're just, you're allowing your emotions to take over. Or the one that gets said all the time is, you know, I didn't mean it that way. Um, or my favorite, oh, everybody has to be so PC. They get defensive and it's natural. So let them say that, but then stop and say, well, you may have been joking, but this is how it, you know, this is how it impacted me. So at the end of the day, don't be that inconsiderate jerk that says, oh, you're too emotional or that's not what I meant. Instead, pause and just say, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, what was it? you know, about what I said that was offensive so that I don't ever do this again. Because the danger with defensiveness is that it can be considered or more clinic uh, in a more clinical term, gaslighting. And gaslighting is, you know, what this is, if you're not familiar with it, is that it makes someone question their version of reality and it can cause further damage. And it's a tactic that, you know, people can use to gain more power or to defend themselves or justify their action. And gaslighting is often the reason why people don't confront others when they feel marginalized or when the joke is said or any of those things. Because again, the person committing the microaggression will immediately get defensive and say, that's not what I meant. You're so emotional. And all of a sudden, 
the blame shifts from them to the victim. So that is gaslighting and that's, that's what can happen. So don't do that. So we're talking about what happens when you personally get called out. What do you do? What do you say? And at the end of the day, all you really need to do is say, I'm sorry and listen, because this is where the other person is hopefully going to explain to you what they did wrong and how you can change it. So the other reaction is that you want to make sure that you, at the end of the day, don't say anything like, I didn't mean that. The other important thing is that sometimes there are some of us who may be leaders or managers or maybe leading a team. You don't want to be the person who maybe you may be the inter, like the mediator, right? You may overhear it or you may be having a conversation because somebody came to you and said, so-and-so said something that was offensive. And you need to be careful in that moment that you also just stop and listen and understand what the impact was and then help solve for it. But what you do not want to do is by accident or inadvertently gaslight by saying, oh, I'm sure they didn't mean it that way. Or maybe you're taking them out of context because then again, you are making that person feel like they are the ones that to blame and not the individual or the comment that was said. In these instances, think about you know, what will make a difference and really have that conversation and saying, okay, I understand how that made you feel. Now let's have this conversation with this person because we do need the allies. You could be the ally for that person. If someone comes to you because they're not comfortable confronting that person, you can come go to that person and say, hey, when you made this comment earlier, so-and-so in the room, or there were individuals in the room who you offended, but make sure that you don't belittle or diminish how this person is feeling. Because at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, it's never about the intent. It's always about the impact. What impact did that comment have on that individual? And if it was negative, we need to actually solve for it. We can't just let it slip or any of those things. So it's one of, you know, it's the, in the same way, like when you've accidentally, stepped on someone's toe or you accidentally bumped into them, you don't, you know, you don't get defensive and you don't say, get out of my way or something. You say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I hurt you. What can I do to help you or anything of the sort? Microaggressions are the same thing. When somebody calls out, calls you out, it's almost like them saying, ouch. <laughs> and you saying, oh my God, I'm sorry. Look at it that same way is like immediately apologizing for the impact and then trying to understand at the end of the day what it was that you said. And so the other thing is we want to make sure that we don't offend somebody even further with the non-apology. So I'm sorry that you were offended is not the best way to apologize. Or I'm sorry if you were offended. It's not a question of if they were offended. They were offended. That's why they're talking to you. So make sure your language is simple and just saying, I'm sorry. That's all the script has to be. And then help me understand what I did. So the real genuine apology is made up of two parts. You take responsibility for what you've done and you make a commitment to change your behavior. It's really that simple. And so just remember, again, if you are on the receiving end of the microaggression, come at it from a teachable moment in service of creating awareness and helping others learn and grow. 
But if you are the one who commits that microaggression, take responsibility, call yourself out, make a commitment to change, and just say, I'm sorry. I hope you found this helpful. And if you'd like to listen to it again, you can tune in to our podcast or go to our website, IamBeyondBarriers.com and read up more. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.